so very much for joining me for another episode of Talking Cloud. Man, now you know this is where we we talk about cloud, cloud computing, anything cloud, all things cloud, nothing's uh uh you know no holds barred with a bit of a slant maybe to security. Now, if you look at the landscape today, I mean, come on. What isn't or doesn't involve cloud? Everything is cloud and there's new stuff happening every day and you know we love to have conversations with just really amazing people in the industry about cloud and today is certainly no exception now <laughs> i've said it many times i'm going to say it again you know me i am the gilligan in the room i am no professor but i do know where to find the experts and today we we're gonna to have to roll our sleeves up ladies and gentlemen we might have to ask ram to repeat a couple of times because i know he's really just got a mound of experience in architecting and building uh, uh, technologies and secure uh, uh, environments, both on-prem and in the cloud. And I mean, if you just look at his background, six plus years as a senior architect and practice director, and I'm diving in. I mean, there's many other experiences before this uh, at Tech Democracy. Uh, this was for better than six years, then was at Cox Enterprises as the enterprise architect for security. He uh, had several years at GE Energy, then on to another company you may have heard of, Oracle, uh, and a member of their technical staff as a consultant, uh, Pure Storage, senior security architect, founder of a company I'm interested to hear about, Parent Orbit, and that's uh, continuing today. And he currently is the director security architecture for Guardian Health. Super excited to have him here today. Sitaraman, Lakshmi Narayanan, or I just gonna get away with saying Ram, Ram, it's great to have you on the program. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Grant. Uh, you got my name correct, uh, Sita Raman Lakshmi Narayanan, but easy. I go by Ram. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, obviously, I just was rattling off uh, the last 10 or so years of your career, but maybe, you know, to give a little context and z-axis for the listeners, let, uh, I'm going to let you kind of Tell a little bit more about your background, your career, what you're doing, and, and uh, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've been uh, in this profession for about 20 years. Started out as a software developer, uh, tangentially working on security-related stuff uh, on and off uh, as we build software application. And that's what got me into uh, looking at cryptography, encryption, um, digital signatures. 
uh, identity and access so slowly moved into as we start building large scale systems. Uh, my interest was more about securing the systems uh, and eventually pivoted into full time uh, doing security. Um, I've uh, led the uh, practice uh, at Tech Democracy for the identity and access management. Uh, moved into GE Energy. Uh, that was the first uh, IoT smart grid uh, mm -hmm. security. Um, and then moved to Bay Area. Uh, started at Oracle and Pure Storage and now at Garden Health, uh, leading the security architecture team. Uh, in between, I moved out of security to find my own uh, startup, Parent Orbit. It is kind of still running passively, but no active involvement. But it was, uh, as everyone goes through this process when you're in Bay Area, um, you find a problem. So my kids were younger, going through daycare. Uh, I was talking to a couple of uh, daycare centers on managing their billing, and that's what got me into it. It's still processing about a, a couple of million dollars worth of payments, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's running uh, completely passive right now. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. So it really was just out of necessity, and uh, you yeah. you kept hearing, gosh, we, we're out of control how to run this daycare, so you sat down with them and figured it out and wrote a solution. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did that for a couple of years and then uh, moved back into uh, security. Yeah. yeah, that's that's terrific. That's terrific. So, you know, I'm interested to hear your views in particular, you know, with your roots in software development and uh, you know, obviously that environment has changed and evolved quite a bit, but you, you, you talked about something that seems to become enormous and it's the whole issue of identity and access uh, uh, and the subsequent management of all of that because everything now is having identities, right? I mean, um, talk a little bit about how you see that landscape because it seems like that's becoming a huge a huge challenge for companies yes it is uh so uh you you got it right because, because as people build software in various forms that are running on uh smaller devices call it iot or uh, on-prem applications the legacy systems what do you call it or cloud application cloud native whatever right um Everything has um, some form of identity. You can call it machine identity, service identity, mm -hmm. uh, or the human identities. Uh, even within the human identity, there, there are two types of identity, uh, workforce identity and uh, customer identity. Uh, customer identity is the one that are focused on uh, the, your end user customers, and workforce is more about your employees accessing internal applications. So, you know, so, some organizations would... Uh... I mean, I've heard them talk about the customer uh, as the users internally, but you're kind of, you're bifurcating it between an employee inside the company and then someone that is literally external. Is that what you mean? Uh, to me, identity is always one. You're authenticating users, uh, whether it is employees or contractors or customers or whatever. Uh, you have a single uh uh, place to go and validate their credentials and then grant them access to based on who they are, right? Whether you're a customer or an employee or a contractor, you get access to certain resources. Um, and that's where the uh, access management comes in, uh, which has also taken a complete uh, full circle in the last 20 years. It might have repeated more than once. I don't know. Mm. What do you mean? 
the access on the on-prem applications back 15 years ago used to be completely uh, uh, segmented. Each and every commercial product you buy has to have its own access management that you have to configure. Um, everyone would kind of uh, piggyback on your Active Directory as a, as a default one. If not, they have their own way to manage their roles and groups. Uh, and then came the various slew of access management products, uh, the single sign-on products, like uh, the Tivoli uh, from IBM, SiteFinder, uh, uh, Oracle acquired a company called Oblix. Uh, various of these products came in to say, hey, let's centralize these access management into one place uh, where you would uh, go in and log in. Uh, and then that's when the federated identity came across. But then the access management were all uh, managed uh, within those uh, central place. Uh, Novel Access Management, uh, one of the consulting companies I used to work for got acquired by Novel. Um, Novel had the reverse proxy-based solution, which is now everybody calling it as a zero trust access. Uh, that was one of the very few products in that in that time frame. Uh, access management was governed to reverse proxy. So now we are back to this cloud world where um, uh, every application, every SaaS provider has their own access management. So we are back to addressing the same problem where um, mm -hmm. we kind of lost that centralization and then moved into the area where yeah, every SaaS application has its own access management, every cloud account, multi-cloud account has its own uh, access policies. Um, and as a security team, you need to be able to understand uh, various access uh, policies that exist and how it's mapped to different types of identities, whether it is service accounts or hu human accounts. Um, and and then how it's uh, used to gain access to serve the function, whether it is the application or the user need. So it's a, at the end of the day, any breach ever happens, if you actually dig deeper, you will see that it's some access misconfiguration somewhere that led someone to exfiltrate data or uh, read too much information than they didn't supposed to. Yeah, it's interesting. The whole notion of change management, change control, access control, you know, on premise seemed to be something we've, we, we wrestled down fairly well. And then we went into the cloud and it was like the genie's out of the bottle and now we have to wrestle it down again. Is this going to be done, do you think, uh, through another abstraction and, and, and utilizing APIs that are going to run uh, somewhat, they're going to harmonize them across multiple cloud vendors to start to try to uh, solve the same problem, or how's that going to work? Uh, from a cloud infrastructure standpoint, you'd probably see someone coming up with a solution where you can manage identity and access across multiple cloud, uh, where you can say, I want to give access to S3 or to a queue or something else from, mm -hmm. from, from one place, mm -hmm. but they still have to work across uh, various interoperable standards. Each one has their own way of defining policies today. Right. Uh, Azure does it different than Amazon. I mean, Google Cloud does it slightly different than what others. Uh, and then, uh, so that's on the infrastructure side of things. And then SaaS side of things, you, you still have the same problem that existed before. Um, uh, you, you're right that uh, in the uh, old days, uh, well, change control had everything uh, con contained to some extent. Um, with the cloud, what happened is uh, as everyone, uh, as we shifted more to the left, given more um, 
in the name of expediency as, as DevOps team spin up resources and everything else. Mm-hmm. They have to be educated uh, to uh, understand the impact of what resource and access they are giving. Uh, and then the security team can then keep an eye on on the la- uh, on the whole impact of the solution. Yeah. Um, this solution we, we need to look for is not just look, don't look at it individually as uh, the resource and access, look at the holistic of how applications are connected and granted access within and outside your organization so that you can actually take action in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the challenges I face today is it tells you something is over provisioned, but I don't know which application is using it. Then mm-hmm. it takes a cycle to uh, find out who has access to what or why it's done the way it's done. This bucket is misconfigured without a whole lot of context or detail on so what, right? That's right. That's exactly right. When when a tool tells you that this bucket has read write permissions to things, uh, why is it? Is it given access for a specific reason for an application? Is this, uh, or is this someone who didn't understand what they were doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. Got frustrated and finally just put in an asterisk, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you right. know, I've heard developers talk about that, but I think that's also giving rise to some really exciting new solutions. I know a dear friend of mine, uh, Shira Shamban, who started a company called Solvo, that, that's really focused on shifting left with security, right? Yeah. Uh, interrogating code before it gets pushed out and uh, is uh, proceeding through the development cycle, you know, actually doing interrogation before it goes, uh, which I think, you know, there's a number of new companies also in the supply chain space. I know we both have mutual contacts that are working on new exciting things uh we had vencat on the program uh talking about access ops i'd be curious to hear your thoughts views comments about that whole concept of access ops and how that fits with an iam uh, solution that uh, maybe is out there or is evolving you know what i mean yeah it seems like and i know this is a long question ram but when I first got into cloud security in earnest, I was working for my buddy Zohar, who has since moved on uh, to do other exciting things, but sold Dome 9 to Checkpoint. Uh, that was a, a, a mere three plus years ago. However, back then it was called cloud security, right? But today that has become so stratified I mean, there are so many uh, facets that have been sliced into that diamond, so to speak. And I don't think we're done uh, when I think about something like Access Ops versus IAM. And so that's why I'm asking the question is, do you see this continuing to evolve with new needs despite some of the IAM solutions that are out there? Uh, yes, there is a uh, new need. Uh, Wankit, I think, uh, uh, yeah, he's the uh, founder and CEO at uh, Stack Identity. Mm-hmm. Um, we met, uh, or he listened to my uh, one of uh, conference talk, and that's how we got connected. Uh, and then as we started talking, and we had a lot, of, lot more overlapping uh, experience. He, he was uh, 
IBM Tivoli uh, access manager guy, and at that time I was working on uh, Oblix. Um, a 15 minute chat turned into a two hour conversation. Uh, and lately, uh, he's working more on the access opposite uh, stack identity. And what they're doing is slightly uh, new, uh, it, like addressing the problem, which is uh, I kind of uh, touched upon. Uh, connecting the dots between your resource and identity to the actual applications. So, uh, so then you get a complete view of uh, which application is connected through what path and what identities have access to what type of resources. Uh, so this way, when, the, when, when there is an alert from any tool you're using, uh, hey, you have an over-provisioned account or whatever it is, this gives the security teams to go and look at uh, how, here is how this is, this whole flow is working. Now I can either talk to the right team, or actually I can go and take action to uh, limit the permissions without breaking other applications. Uh, so that's been the challenge because uh, every time alert fatigue, pretty good. You have heard of this term. Sure. Uh, every security team gets too many alerts, and the, the challenge is in trying to triage the alert to see whether it is a false positive or not. Uh, and uh, getting more information from the the actual team that developed the application uh, before you can uh, close the loop. Yep. Uh, the the cycle time can be if it's not automated, uh, it can be anywhere from a week to months, depending on the size of the organization and the uh, the complexity of this uh, of the system. Yep. Uh, and it's also one of those things like don't break it right to because you got an alert but I don't want to uh, remove any permission because I don't know what I'm going to break yeah and that usually becomes your dead weight that gets carried forward uh, until a, a breach happens somewhere yeah yeah I think of in my mind's eye Ram sees a, a stick house a house made of toothpicks that you know it it's standing and don't move don't move that one yeah it just that's my mind's eye kind of goes there. But that's what I'm, you know, I'm just imagining this very fragile uh, construct that took a while to build. It's finally standing. Please don't touch it. Don't break it. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's also one of the things that people are working on trying to solve. What we spoke about earlier, and that is, you know, pushing out something that's over privileged or uh, too permissive, but this is a different. This is a different uh, way of looking at and, and solving. I think a, a different problem. Um, in my mind, I I guess that the one thing that doesn't fit with that analogy, Ram, is the fact that that construct really, in reality, as it goes into the cloud, if down underneath, you know, I'm using Mongo or I'm using you know, pick a database and I decide I want to change. Yeah. I could do that fairly easily without a whole lot of disruption up above, right? That, that's right, because... Um, and that is the problem. That Yeah, that is the problem. If you think from a developer standpoint uh, or, or DevOps uh, SRE standpoint, they are granting applications to the resources. They usually look at it from a single application deployment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then... Um, when you, and everybody has VPC peering enabled, uh, various connections enabled for uh, for whatever reason. And then as you start to connect the dots and look at it as a whole system view, uh, that's when it's like, okay, I have this network access granted for these two machines for whatever reason. And then this, this one is open to the public. Uh, 
then you you will have to traverse this to okay if a breach were to happen uh it's not a single thing where this particular machine is compromised now you have granted more access than you needed to other adjacent system mm. through that you can now gain access to your critical data whether it is uh, your database or s3 buckets or anything else yeah. and that's the crux of the problem that one needs to solve and so far and that's what i having come from software development background it's much easier for me to ask these questions work with with the with the teams to say uh, what are you building what is your lease permissions that are needed yep. uh, but uh, uh, the architecture team usually cannot scale because every development team goes faster and uh, if you slow down everybody um, then you you don't have a product built right so we'll have to strike a balance to uh, move but then then that's why you need tools like this to get a complete visibility of um, of the path as well as various access. One of the things I guess I'm thinking about is, look, you, you mentioned already, uh, alerts are the security team spam, right? I mean, yeah. because they're inundated with them and then they're not sure if they're real or not. And, and they, then it's a, everyone, there's a so what and an additional step, you know, and, and you're, you're spot on. And so I'm just, how is the uh, ability to connect the dots enable something different to notify the administrator? What does that do? I mean, how, how is it not just creating a new alert? So let's take, yeah, take, uh, what, what are you trying to secure, right? You're trying to secure the data that is there, that is uh, uh, that you're producing uh, or you're consuming from various sources, right? So data is your, the data is a new oil, whatever term you want to use. So, so at the end of the day, uh, we are there to protect the data, the data right. security. Uh, and you can look at it from a privacy angle. You can look at it from a uh, uh, security angle. You can look at it from uh, IP or uh, however you want, you're trying to protect the data. Now, these data in various forms, whether it is S3 buckets, data lakes, uh, databases, uh, however it is, uh, are given access to various applications. The applications running on EC2 containers, um, uh, you serverless, however you want, various APIs. Now, and then these are then exposed back to the, uh, the customers through web applications uh, or, or mobile applications. And then you have infrastructure where people are have to log in to do their job, troubleshooting, whatever it is. Uh, and it's all, then suddenly you see a, a simple application with a, with a database and a backend API service and a web application now turned into uh, hundreds of resources. Um, and then now you, you can contain one path, but then now you have hundreds of paths to gain access to the system. Uh, the, the good analogy I always use is, um, Oh, uh, look around your house and then see how many paths somebody can break into your house. Okay, you can come through the front door or back door or garage door, and then they can come through the roof, uh, come through the windows, and several other ways. So, and if you call your security company, they will put sensors on each and every place. But then, if you leave the keys under your mat when you leave the house, then somebody can actually come in, goes unnoticed. Um, uh, th so th that's what this is, right? So access. Uh, issues are going to be a uh, lot more critical, uh, whether you're looking at it from a zero trust angle mm. or looking at it from security and privacy and uh, data security angle. Um, how 
instead of just sending an alert saying you are given access to someone else uh, more more than what they need, administrative or read, write or whatever it is, look at the application and then see, do we have enough controls in place to contain the damage? Uh, can we uh, go and then say, is this given for a valid reason or not? Uh, and how is this going to impact if something else were to happen? Then you can triage, you can add more specific alert and monitoring to actually say, okay, now if this particular mission is compromised, I want to be uh, notified more because this has broader access than what I uh, intend to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know Venkat had spoken about, um, you know, breach prediction as opposed to an alert. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that's going to be different uh, for a for a security team to to be more efficient? Uh, if uh, knowing what I know about uh, what Stack Energy is doing, right? It's, right? When you look at breach breach prediction, it's more about uh, how in how many different ways can someone access the data? The data is in your database or S3 or uh, wherever it is. How many different ways can they access and what is the uh, easiest path to get to the data? Uh, normally, uh, um, I've seen these alerts um, many times. Uh, when, when you open uh, SSH to the internet, you get an alert saying, hey, you, something is opened, mm -hmm. whether to the internet or to anyone else specific, it's 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 open, right? right. Uh, and then they will look at it and say, okay, so so what's the big deal? I, I've opened this for a specific reason. Right. But what they don't connect the dots is that same machine may be connected through some other paths to the data that you are looking. The the good example that you can go back and look at is the Capital One breach on server side uh, request forgery, right? Mm -hmm. So that happened because uh, the metadata service was granted access. So the whole report. Uh, it tells you the whole details of how, how the connected system works. So the breach prediction index is about uh, how many different ways are you granting access to various services, who has access to the metadata service, uh, and if any one mission is compromised, can I traverse through any path that I have mm. to get to the da data that is, is, is what the main it's, thing. It's really, it's, it's reasoning all of those attributes as well, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 saying it's kind of what ifing. They're all connected. What if someone can, uh, and then summarizing that with a, it's highly likely or or not. As at least I mean, that's kind of how I understand it, right? The higher the number, yeah. the higher likelihood someone's going to be uh, able to exploit the access that you have, the configuration you have. Yeah, it's, 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 if it's exploited, then you can go and say, okay, now uh, this is a uh, this is a valued asset. It has uh, your credit card information or uh, whatever domain you're working on, healthcare data uh, or financial data or uh, customer data, IP data. So you can classify them. If you're just storing some bunch of application logs, uh, you don't really matter. You can just tag them as saying like, okay, just ignore. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you have uh, anything that is critical that you don't want to lose, now you have a way to actually see various parts that are connected to it. So I'm curious with uh, your work, uh, you know, I just want to pull on this thread a little bit having to do with the whole world of electronic records and the whole health experience and where that is compared to where it seems like it, it, it 
the promise was several years ago with things like Epic, right? And yeah. uh, it seems like I, there's still, uh, we're still a long way with, because of HIPAA and all this other stuff, I guess I'm kind of just throwing out a big ball of conversation around where we are leveraging the cloud for a better health experience. It still seems like everybody's doing a little differently. Uh, yes, uh, just uh, to warn you, I am not a healthcare expert, so I've only been in the industry for about a year and still focusing more on the security aspects of uh, healthcare related to what Gardent is doing. Uh, yes, every, uh, people are moving to the cloud uh, in some way or fashion. Um, uh, we are still a hybrid shop, uh, but uh, the, the, there is a good amount of uh, cloud presence. Um, the uh, Epic and others, uh, they provide the SaaS service, right? So um, it's uh, th they're moving in the right direction, but because of the regulation and everything else, yeah. uh, it is going to be slower than uh, any other uh, industry. Yeah. So I'm curious, what are you seeing just from your perspective, all the things you're doing? How is, uh, you know, I, I, the common buzzwords, Ram, are zero trust. Uh, SASE is quite a, a, a hot topic, right? Secure access service edge. Yeah. Um, what do you kind of, how do you see the world evolving and uh, where things are really going? I, uh, and did you get a chance to go to reInvent? Uh, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't go to the reInvent uh, this year. Um, but uh, on the, so looking forward to, and we have somebody from my team is, is there right now, uh, but look, looking forward to what's coming out from, uh, from the uh, Amazon side of things. Right. Um, on the SASE or zero trust, um, you can call it buzzword or uh, however you want, but that's the reality, right? You have people working from various places. Uh, uh, network is kind of, there's no defined perimeter, like you, you were, there's no on-prem yeah. as, as only infrastructure. Um, uh, things are moving to the edge because um, that, that's where more uh, computers happening, more uh, breach uh, initial uh, one is your laptop being compromised, but then how do you secure it, right? So you, you cannot, the, the way I approach zero trust is you cannot just buy a vendor product, no matter which vendor it is, and then assume that it is working. You still have to do the work of uh, controlling the access, defining the perimeter, defining the segmentation. Um, yeah. it's, I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm actually loving it right now because having come from software security world, finally uh, system security is being approached with uh, how do I build security uh, from within? How do I build systems with security in mind? Um, how do I look at uh, identity and access and privacy and encryption are going to be uh, even more important as various compliance regulations come in uh, or people are a little bit more uh, conscious about what data they want to share. It's been a long time coming though, hasn't it? It's a, it's a long time coming and the, the, the generation certainly it's going to be even more important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I've said for a long, long time, Ram, uh, you know, the internet, this is very high level, right? But the internet is Woodstock that we want to treat like an opera. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's, 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 it was, it's that original vision of free love and sharing and everybody's great, but whoever thunk that we were going to be using it as our core backbone for our business, not only us, but every business on the planet, right? The, the transformation was remarkable. And from its inception and design, we trust everyone yeah. to where really it should be completely opposite, right? I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable how, and, and it is refreshing to hear conversation about how do we make things secure from the get-go, from yeah. the development stage, how do we get it smarter? I think that uh, it has definitely been a long time coming. And I think it's interesting that data while it seems like it's been it's it's been the cornerstone of computing from its inception we're just now seemingly figuring out we should have started there first <laughs> you know because yeah. it would surely be a different world today wouldn't it that's right yeah so uh, data security and privacy are going to be a lot, a lot more important and and privacy just like uh you cannot build on uh, security after you build the application. You, you cannot build on privacy without thinking through the security aspects. You need to def define how uh, your data is going to be stored, who's going to be accessing, how are you going to be encrypting, where is going to be the key management, and then you, you have different countries saying, I want the data to be within my uh, own uh, territory. So you have right. to figure out how, how is that going to work. Um, so. Uh, there are quite a few people working on this, so that's going to be another area. Um, uh, talking to a few of my uh, ex-colleagues or Oracle about looking at uh, how decentralized identity is going to play. So that's going to be another area that I'm keeping my eyes open and yeah. see how, uh, how things will play. Yeah, those are uh, interesting times, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've said before, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, the one of the if not the most exciting thing about this industry in my opinion is no matter when you get in you're getting in at the beginning of something right it's just right. fascinating and it's it's really really exciting and it seems like we're in a really accelerated phase of innovation because everything is becoming a service Yep. I mean, when I say everything, I mean transportation. Uber's, you know, kind of changed our way of thinking about that. And that, to me, is just opened up. It's just opened up, certainly my mind on anything can be a service. Everything is a service. Because it, it can, you know, in, in the way we're living our lives, it's it's pretty remarkable, right? Uh, yeah. and, and exciting where it's going. Yep, I'm much more excited with as everyone starts to build security within. Um, it'll slowly make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it also opens up new frontiers for solving new challenges because you know we're somewhat linear in the way we approach and solve our problems and it seems like cspm and the whole configuration management was kind of that foundation but we're moving now farther down into some new knots that are going to need untied as we get these new technologies incorporated you know what i mean yeah 
that's right. Uh, I think forgot there's there's a new term for it, which combines CSPM workload and everything together into the the CIEM CSPM and workload identity. Everything combined into some new category. If I forgot, cannot remember right now. Uh, came across Gardner a new term for that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, leave it to Gartner. I think they, they probably seek out and hire an MBA in acronyms uh, <laughs> so they can come up with, you know, the very best terms. But um, uh, gosh, we, we, we know many organizations pay the Gartner tax, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, hey, this has really been a pleasure and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I want to thank you for taking so much time with us today and uh, look forward to having a chance to have you come back if you'd like. Well, uh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Talking Cloud in the books. I just had a really great conversation with, let's just call him Ram. And I say that because, you know, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to give it my very best uh, shot again. Uh, Sita Raman Lekshinarainen. Pretty good. Thank you. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Ram, Ram, thank you very, very much for being here. Th thank you. Bye. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, we got another uh, episode of Talking Cloud in the Books, and I really enjoyed this one. It's fun talking about the future and where we're going because, man, uh, the one thing we know for sure is we're going to continue to see a lot of exciting new change and new development and new problems to solve. And uh, I look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud. And again, share, tell your friends, and thanks very much. I appreciate you listening. Have a great day.